трибунах холеют знамена, Облака под небесни плывут. На зеленом ковре стадиона разноцветные майки цветут. Hello and welcome to the Russian Football News Podcast. We're coming off the back of the 1-1 draw with England, which of course our team had mixed reactions to. But So for this podcast, we're going to go over that game for a minute part of the podcast, and then we're going to preview the Russia-Slovakia game, which is taking place on Wednesday. That's a two o'clock kickoff time, so the earliest game of the day. And of course, I'm joined by two guests as usual. Um, as usual, it's Andrew Flint. How are you? Not bad, Thomas. Good to see you again. Good stuff. And I'd like to welcome back onto the podcast after a long absence. We've got Danny Armstrong, based in Moscow. Yep. Hello. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Good to have you back, Danny. Okay, so we may as well uh, dive straight in with this. Come to you first, Danny. Your reactions from the 1-1 draw? My reactions, as an Englishman, I thought England played well. Um... I wasn't too impressed with Russia, to be honest. Um, you could sort of sum it up by saying that Russia sort of showed their experience and England showed their inexperience. I mean, there's a quite quite an age difference in, in both squads. But, um, and I think some of the statistics sum it up as well, like 62% of possession in the first half was, or a stage in the first half was for England, and by the end of the match it was pretty much 50-50. Um, their build-up play, a lot of the time from the back, it just wasn't good enough. Um, it was too much confidence, too much self-confidence, if that could be a bad thing, uh, thinking that they can play balls 40 yards and, and set up attack. Yeah, Andrew, what were your reflections on the game? Well, yeah, I, I know what Danny's saying. It's a good point he makes about the building from the back um, with... I thought Ignashevich and Berdytsky, they tried too many long balls for my liking. And there were videos doing the rounds of about four or five of them just drifting aimlessly out of play, which which I actually think is a bit unlike them. Because when I've seen them playing for CSKA, they've, they've, perhaps they've had more time on the ball than they do at international level. And they've been able to play them more accurately. But now, overall, as a whole, I thought the first half hour of the game, I thought was reasonably even. I mean, England did carve out more chances. Um, I, I had a couple of problems with the way Slutsky picked the team and then laid it out. Um, for me, his central midfield pairing is is one of the main areas I would change for the Slovakia game. Um, I thought Neustadt was okay for his first competitive start for Russia. Um, his positioning was, was, not, was not bad, although he didn't pick up Rooney for that that stunning chance when Akinfeyev tipped it onto the bar. But um, Golovin, unfortunately, he just isn't a midfielder in in that withdrawn role. And for me, that's got to change. I would bring in Shirokov, personally. Um, and unfortunately, again, I don't think he got the most out of the, the forward three. Um, I think that Smolov just cannot continue being played out wide while Shatov's played through the middle. I, I find it nonsensical. Um but, you know, that having been said, I I don't think they panicked overall. There were periods of the game where they were threatening to get into it. Uh, and I think perhaps it was a case of facing a, a, a country like England, a team that they assume are going to have more possession, when in fact England don't usually dominate possession in games. So overall, I think there were marginal positives, but it really has got to change with the personnel and the way it's set up. 
Yeah, Danny, Andrew mentions it there. Too many square pegs in round holes, really. Yeah, um, I don't know if I totally agree. I think I thought Smalov had a, had a decent game. I thought he was decent going forward. Um, the only trouble is Russia were on a counter-attack probably nine times out of ten when he, when he went forward. Um, again, England being too eager, playing too high up the pitch. Uh, they didn't really have enough in the final third. Um, so when when you've got such an experienced back line like that, I mean, I think we saw it against, was it Siska versus United? Man United in the Champions League. The trouble with an organised, experienced unit is that they know when to catch you when you lose the ball in the final third. And I thought, you know what, I thought, I thought honestly speaking, I thought Smaller played well. I was quite impressed. Um, it would have been nice to see them get a bit more... I don't know, get, probably get a bit more service, get a bit more of a ball. Um, I don't know what was wrong with Russia not playing it. I don't know, maybe playing it through the midfield. They always seem to just bypass it and play it into the um, play it to the wings. Both English fullbacks had blinders. Um, maybe it was something to do with that too. But no, I, don't, I mean, I thought Smaller played well. I don't think they have too many square pegs in round doors. I just think that maybe they they came up against an England side that was that, that was. Just had no fear and just, just sort of wanted to run at them, run at them, run at them, um, which, which will happen when you when you when you've got a squad, uh, when you've got a, a a team of that age and who's that hungry and playing playing for their rep, playing for their positions in a new in a pretty much new team. Um, so when that's a sort of young kids like that meet a back four like that, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's sort of like the, the unstoppable force and the immovable object. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I think it was bound to happen, but I don't think there was too many square pegs in round doors. Maybe tinker around a little bit with where, where Golovin's playing. Apart from that, that's probably it. Yeah, I was going to put the point to you about Golovin, and then you mentioned it, so you're quite fortunate that I haven't had to rebut you on that. So, um, Andrew, we criticised, would not criticised. We were worried about the defence coming into the tournament, but Danny said there they actually look quite comfortable, really. They did. Um, they did. It's true because I, I was looking through through stats after the game. Apparently, Harry Kane didn't get a single touch inside the box all game, um, which I, I mean, you could pick up any stat, but I say that was quite telling. Um, uh, yeah, they 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 didn't seem to have. There were quite a few chances England had, but. They would, I would only say two or three genuine, clear-cut golden chances. Rooney's shot, which Akinfeyev tipped onto the bar, that was that was the, the best one for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the defensive unit, uh, they, they will be able to cope, I think, uh, possibly better against, uh, against other teams that don't have quite as much pace going forwards as England do. Uh, and I definitely agree with Danny on the English fullbacks. They they were a major part of the game, and I think the fact that um, you know future opponents are less likely to have as pace and attack-minded fullbacks as Danny Rose and, and Kyle Walker might mean that Slutsky probably will encourage the defence not to play quite as many long balls into the corners to try and catch them out. So I think we'll see a different way that. Berditsuski and Ignashevich uh, distribute possession from the back. Um, that, that's that's my hope, at least, anyway. Um, so uh, uh, I don't know. I, I suspect we will see. I suspect we'll see at least a couple of changes um, in the lineup. The other the other slight area I would think about is um, is fullback. I thought Georgi Chenikov was 
a little bit on the nervous side, perhaps. Um, he was he was pinned back a lot by Kyle Walker getting forwards. Um, although he did have his cross for Berlitsuski was was an excellent delivery, so him getting forward was um, was a valuable option too. So it's not all doom and gloom. Um, I mean, the result itself is great, but the performance itself was there were positive to take from it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, a really positive result for Russia, and if they can cap off that with a win against Slovakia, you'd really think they would have a good chance of going through. I want to move on to that Slovakia game now. Um, Danny, did you see much of their loss to Wales, and what what did you make of them? Yeah, so most. I mean, I expected more from Slovakia. To be honest, I, I um, like let's not let's let's have it right here. I mean, Wales are a decent side. I think we were chatting about it the other day when. Um, one of our foreign friends asked, "What's what's the big hype about Wales? I mean, we only have we only have one player, and they don't really. I mean, we, they've got a few decent players as as a squad. Sorry, um, as a team, as a unit, I really do rate them. Um, I think they've probably got the best team spirit in the group, um, and the best of the home countries. I think Gareth Bale's come out with his, his, a few comments fired at England. Um, I think he's not." I don't think he's entirely right, but I think he's entirely right about the Welsh. The Welsh, their mentality, their, their dressing room um, must be fantastic. I mean, they're really playing for the manager. Um, having said that, that's probably a, a big factor to win over Slovakia. Slovakia are a decent side. They've got some decent players. I did expect a little bit more, but in terms of looking forward to the match against Russia, it's a really, really big game for Russia. They need. They really do need to beat Slovakia, um, because having said that about Wales, Wales are the last. They're the last side you want to play, going into the final, final game. Because you know you don't know how it's gonna, you know how the how the group's gonna shape up till then. Um, so yeah, I think Russia really need to um, make some of the changes that we were talking about, and really go and send the message by beating Slovakia. Yeah, Andrew. Um, obviously, it's an important game for Slovakia as well. This is a must-win for them to have any chance of coming out of this group. And perhaps the fact that they're against, they were against Wales, who were really up for it, being their first tournament in about sixty years. Perhaps you think against Russia, who perhaps don't have that excitement about them. Slovakia might have a bit more of a chance. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it, uh, Danny's absolutely right. This is um, this really is the the critical game um, for Russia. And before the tournament, we most of us were saying that we we thought it would be the key fixture. Four points. I'm I'm convinced will be enough um, to take a team through. If we've got four uh, of the best, the best four third place teams. Um, if you think on an average group, you know. Top team will win three, second team will win two, third team will win one. That will give you three points. So four points should be enough. Um, and uh, Danny makes a good point as well about Wales' spirit. Um, you, you just can't you can't quantify how fired up a team is going to be um, when it's for them. It really is. I mean, I'm not trying to be patronising, but 60 years without a tournament, you know, you, you're going to be desperate to make a showing for it. And I think Wales probably could go on to qualify for more major tournaments in future years, but. Um, that was that was a part of their uh, part of the reason why they did manage to beat Slovakia. Um, in terms of Slovakia as a team, when you know when they're facing Russia, Marek Hamšík is their standout player, obviously. Um, and it was I think it was the earliest the third or fourth minute of the Wales game when he just 
danced through about three or four players and the finish was good. He wrong-footed the keeper, but um, I mean, it was Ben Davis on the line cleared it. Um, now he's he's going to be the real the real problem area for Russia because his exact position is quite hard to pinpoint. You know, who you would put on him to mark is it's quite hard really because he seemed to play mostly through the middle, but he he came in from from the right in the first half, and in the second half he was. He came from the left a little bit too, so he really is versatile and come from anywhere. Um, and for that reason, I think uh, one of the key men for Russia is going to be Roman Neustadter in the middle. His role, keeping Hamsik quiet, I think will be will be absolutely key to how Russia managed to get through the game on on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, they're they're not a particularly famous team on paper. Uh, they have Martin Skirtle, of course, we know from Zenit uh, and Liverpool, of course. Um, but other than Hamsik and Skirtle, not a lot is known. So that is going to be that's going to be another issue, actually knowing what the players are like. So Hamsik's the danger man for me, and uh, Neustadt's got a big, big game coming up. Yeah, Danny, we were talking about that central midfield partnership earlier. If who would you put instead of Golovin, thinking of the Hamsik threat? Andrew's made a fantastic point that I was I was going to raise. Also, I think this this you've implicitly said that this game is going to be won in the middle, um, which is entirely right. I couldn't agree more. Now, coming back to the thing about wanting to play for your country and being fired up and wanting to make a good impression, I don't think there's anybody at the tournament who wants to impress his teammates more than Neustadter because of just receiving. Uh, Russian citizenship is the only one who plays. He's the only one in the squad who plays outside of Russia. It, it could work to Russia's advantage. I mean, whether you drop sort of Golovin, I'd say so. I'd say you drop him ahead of um, ahead of Smolov. Um, and I think I, I, I don't I don't really think there's, there's there's anybody else who could be up to the job of, of, of stopping Hamzik. I mean, you, you made a point here, Andrew, about the. Um, they're not being a great side. I think they've got the, the lad from Milan. What was his name? Dudak. They've got a couple of decent players, like say Skirtle, Hamzik. But yeah, I mean, they're not a great side. They've got they have got some good players, like I say. But I think it will be one in the middle. I think Hamzik's influence over the side is is, is pretty much sacrosanct to, to how they do in the group. I still don't think they're going to do much really. I think this is this is too much of a too much of a big, big game for Russia. I think by maybe playing Neustad, I think. That could be the key for Russia. I really do. It's just a shame that you know Golovin. If he doesn't play against Slovakia, then you, you don't know what what his what his performance was down to. Whether he was playing, you know, maybe out of position, or maybe he just didn't get going. Maybe it's lack of experience. You don't know. Uh, maybe it was a gamble that didn't pay off. As Slutsky, I don't know. You never know. Uh, but yeah, I think he's definitely going to be one in the, one in the middle. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it pre-match as well that. Um... Neustadt and Golovin have never played before together, Andrew. So, say Golovin is to come out, which is possibly the likely scenario, who would you put in? And who do you think Slutsky will put in? So, it might be two separate answers there. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, personally, I would I would bring in Roman Shirokov, um, p- purely for the experience. Um, if if you look down the, the squad list, there's there's not many there's not many goals in the Russian squad in terms of their history on the national team, um, but I don't think it's about the goal scoring. I think it's about the the you know presence on the ball. 
Um, now, I know Shirokov has traditionally played further forward, but I honestly see this as a, an ideal role for him. I really think this is where he could be best, uh, certainly in this tournament. Um, I don't know how much longer he's likely to play on um, domestically, um, but I see him and Neustadt as complementing each other very well. Um, you know, Neustadt does his role simply. Shirokov's never going to run up and down the pitch. He's never been a box-to-box midfielder like Glushikov, for example. Um, now, I can see, I can see why Glushikov certainly is in the squad, but I would see him. I, I see it as a situation of him or Neustadt. I don't think them playing together is going to help Russia win the game. It might see them see out the game. You know, Glushikov has got his. He's certainly got a lot of athleticism, and he can he can get himself around the pitch and cover areas well. And I'm not saying he's terrible at passing. It's just I think Shidokov's vision should be the key. His calmness on the ball, you know. And the other thing as well, it'll give Russia an option um, bringing the ball out as well. Um, if if you're Ignashevich or Beretsky, and in front of you you've got effectively just Golovin as your your passer, and he was clearly he's. I think he's a great player, but it was just the wrong position. He, perhaps the occasion was slightly overawing him. They're not going to go to him as their first answer, which leaves them very little in terms of um, distributing. Whereas if they have Shirokov, they know him well um, from the national team, at least, and played a bit of him this season at CSK. Um, you know, play it short to him, and then he can spread the play more, more calmly, more effectively. So my vote strongly would be Shirokov. Now, you asked about what um, Slutsky would do. Um, about four or five months ago, I would have said Slutsky would have done the same. Um, but he, I don't know how much of an injury Shirokov was carrying in the spring season. He didn't seem to be played or trusted as much as I thought he would be um, in the domestic season. So perhaps Slutsky might be more conservative and go for Glushikov, um, perhaps with a mind to just double-checking that Hamsik and Vladimir Weiss cutting in from the wing, who's one player I meant to mention earlier. Um, I, I would go for Shirokov. Slutsky, I think he might go for Glushikov. And Danny, who do you think, who would you go for? Um, I would go for Shirokov for the same reasons. I think that it's not going to be one with a combative midfielder it's going to be one with somebody who's got a technique somebody who's got a like Andrew says the vision uh, of Shirokov also because the first game was nervy on both sides Russia and England uh, I think it was maybe just because it was the opener um, but now things have settled down a little bit um, I, uh, a player like Shirokov could sort of you know, steady the ship a little more Lushikov I don't I don't trust him uh, to be as uh, reserved as you, we all know. I mean, he's, he's, he's got bags and bags of energy. Um, it covers every blade of grass, which you can't, you can't fault him for that. But um, he used to say he doesn't, you know, go 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 crashing into someone, go crashing into Hamzik. Or uh, I think he, I, don't, I don't think he'll keep the ball as well, Shirokov. Um, Shirokov is a massive influence for Russia, a massive, massive influence. I think, um, yeah, I, I definitely wish Rakov for the same reasons, not Lushkov. Um, as regards Slutsky, who knows? <laughs> who really? Who knows? One suggestion I'm going to put out there is this isn't my opinion because I'd go with Shirokov as well. I'd agree with both of you, but perhaps thinking of Hamshik, 
Slutsky, quite a sort of conservative coach. I know it's not his real natural position, but could he go with Ivanov, quite a towering figure to go alongside Neustadter, really sort of have the two imposing figures? It depends where it's going to be won. I mean, do you think it's going to be won in the air or whether you want it on, on, on the floor? I mean, personally, football's played on the floor. I mean, if you're going to win a midfield battle, it's not going to be won with edits or it's not going to be won with physicality, really. It's going to be one where you can get the ball and you can spray it quickest. Um, I mean, a lot of it could hinge on setting the forwards, um, setting Kokorin off with a ball from the middle. Um, I, I, like I say, I mean, like for the same reasons that you wouldn't choose Glushikov, like why would physicality is probably secondary? I, I, I think technique comes first. Well, that's just my view. No, I, I, I personally, I think you're right. I'm just, I was just putting the argument out there about whether Slutsky would go with that more conservative approach. Andrew, we saw Wales beat Slovakia, and because they had a really high pressing game, constantly pressing the back line, Slovakia had to sort of rush out with it. Russia are not a pressing side. Is that a big problem for them? Um, I, I don't think so, because I think there's a tendency, um, certainly in the last few years, of of teams trying to copy other successful templates. You know, we've seen the, you know, the Jurgen Klopp Gagan pressing and it works if you've got the right manager and the right team, but I don't think there's any point trying to fit yourself into another style. Um, and well, yeah, we, we I don't think Russia have the players to um, uh, to implement that style of of high pressing on a you know, a game-long basis. So I don't think it is a problem. Um, I think the the main thing is getting the most out of the the players that are on offer. Um, so, you know, we've we've gone through Shidokov uh, or the midfield for the last few minutes, and and I think that's important to get the most out in there. Um, I personally think it will be uh, after after we've sorted the midfield team. I would say the next thing in terms of winning the game, not just staying solid but actually creating and and putting away chances is the, the the forward line I don't quite I don't quite know what Slutsky is going to do whether he'll stay the same with um, Smolov Shatov and um, behind Zuba I think he probably will but I I, I know what Danny was saying about Smolov, that he he did have an uns, maybe some unspectacular but very important things. His movement from out wide is, is always a good option to have. I, I still personally would like to see at least a little more flexibility in movement between those three, because I think that could be the strength um, going forwards. I think Smolov is more effective around the penalty area when he's in the middle as opposed to coming from out wide but it doesn't mean he has to be the whole time so you know Kokorin, Shatov and Smolov I really think if they if they learn to play well together you know covering for each other if one goes out wide the other comes in the middle if they can work that out effectively um, I think that's that would be the key um, for them that once the midfield base is set and those three behind you and I think that uh, that could be a very dangerous uh, setup for Slovakia to deal with. Okay, so we've sort of gone over the the roles of each individual in the team, particularly with Slovakia in mind. So now, coming to sort of the end of the podcast, I'm going to ask for some predictions. So, Danny, what do you think Russia win? What what scoreline you going for? I can definitely see Russia scoring. Uh, I go for two 0 
yeah, in a nutshell. And Andrew, what about your score prediction? Um, I'm quietly, quietly confident. A lot does depend on the setup, but I, I agree with Danny. I think, I think a Russia win. Um, I doubt it will be by more than a goal or two at most. Um, two 0 I could see happening. I'll, I'll say, I'll say one 0 conservatively. Um, uh, although. It, uh, like I say, a lot depends on team selection. I'm gonna, I'll say one 0 then. Well, I think yeah. we can, I think we can all agree that we hope it's not like they're friendly against the Slovakian neighbours of the Czech Republic because that was dreadful. So, just before yeah. we finish the show, I'm going to give you a quick prediction as well because it's good fun. I'm going to say two one. I think Hamšík, if he's on his game, he could really, especially with that sort of lack of protection in front of the back four, if it doesn't go quite right for them. Um, yeah. So. Let's have the Twitter handles then. Uh, Danny, do you want to go first? Just just put out your Twitter handle before we finish off here. Yeah, okay. But it's shameless self-promotion, man. Uh, at Danny W Armstrong. That's perfect. So we don't mind self-promotion on here. That's what we're here for. <laughs> okay. And Andrew, we've asked you for this God knows how many times, but we'll ask you it again. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm at Andrew M-I-J Flint. Okay, perfect. I'm at Thomas underscore Giles underscore UK. The Twitter handle of the website is at Russ Football News, RussianFootballNews.com. And we've got everything going up on the website. We're going to have another feature of these podcasts for the Wales game, which comes up in about a week's time. This game, of course, is being played on Wednesday. So just before I go, I'm sure lots of people have heard about the disgraceful hooliganism going on in the stadium pre and post match for the Russia. And, and whoever does hooliganism is putting a bad light on their country and unfortunately that's the sort of note we have to end on but we can look forward to Russia Slovakia on Wednesday keep looking at the website and do subscribe to this podcast goodbye <laughs> 